183. Can you believe it, Mo? I, I can't believe we made it to one. I know, I know. That's very true. And there's... <laughs> there's there's a little bit of a uh, door opening in the background. That's okay. It's not <laughs> Whose end was that on? <laughs> not mine, but uh, but that's okay. We're going to call this one Chapter House Chat. And uh, I, you, may have, you may have figured out. I mean, besides you, Mo, the Crown Prince of Charisma, and That's besides right. me, the chief defender of the faith, we and the have, king of the casters, and the king of the casters, Mister Red Podcast. That's right. You normally say this, so it seems weird, but we also have an extra special guest on today to talk about Chapter House Comics. So we have the artist and writer of Captain Canuck, as well as the editor in chief of Chapter House Comics, Kalman Andrusovsky. How are you doing, Kalman? I'm great. That was uh, I gotta come clean. That was me opening the door, but I wasn't sure I was supposed to talk yet. So I, that's, uh, it's all good, you know. That's 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 why we reference these things. It's... There will not be any more doors opening from now on. <laughs> but that was me. All right, good, because he would have blamed me after we got off the air. <laughs> yeah, stop <laughs> doing stuff. Yeah. So, anyways, Calvin, tell us about what you do at Chapter House because at this point, I think it's everything. So it feels that way. It's uh, it's it's startup itis, right? Where everybody has to do every single job. Um, yeah, it kind of sounds like it's all me. It's not. There's uh, there's many other people uh, making things happen. But uh, I um, this all started as a design gig. I've been a, I've been an illustrator uh, in comics for almost fifteen years now, maybe even a little more, depending on how you count it, and. Uh, and uh, it all began with uh, a job to redesign an old superhero. It was Captain Canuck, surprise. Um, and it, it got it through uh, another studio mate of mine who was locked up in contract and couldn't do it. And he just said, hey, you like designing stuff. Do you want to do this? You know what Captain Canuck is? And I was like, sure. So it was really just a freelance illustration job a few years ago. And at that time, they wanted to uh, reboot, revamp, and reimagine Canuck and do web comics, possibly web animation, something. It was, it was, they didn't really have 100% of an idea of what they wanted to do. Um, and then, based on that, uh, we did some web comics, uh, sorry, uh, web animation, and then they wanted to do comics, and since I was already in the mix as a character designer, they talked to me about writing and drawing comics. And then, sort of, as, as we were doing that, the company Chapter House sort of sprang up around us, so from there, um, I continued to write my Captain Canuck series, uh, but we got a new artist. And once the company expanded into a larger line of books, um, which we're kind of in the process of launching uh, over the course of this year, um, 
since it was all on the back of all of the mythology and uber plot arcing stuff that I was doing for Canuck, um, from there it was about uh, they wanted to uh, keep a consistent aesthetic to the universe. And so it's sort of, I sort of graduated into this editor in chief role where I'm sort of show running the line where there's certain sort of aesthetics that we've established in the universe that we want to keep consistent. And much like Captain Canuck was an old character that no one was doing much with kind of reimagined and dusted him off and took the essence of it and modernized him. We're doing that with some other characters and to keep the flavor consistent. I'm kind of, I'm kind of the first wave of kind of reimagining those characters and then commissioning the writers to, uh, to run with the ball and turn it into something more elaborate and awesome. So let's see. Um, character design. Uh, I drew some of the Canuck issues. I did both the cover, all, sorry, all the covers in the first two arcs. And now I continue to write the Captain Canuck series while show running the chapter verse line. And I'm also co-writing a book called Agents of Pact, with Blake Northcott, and uh, and I'm co-writing a Captain Year One, Captain Canuck Year One series, which uh, the first part of which was our free comic book day offering a few weeks ago, and that's co-written with Jay Baruchel. So that's all the stuff I think. That's pretty good. I you know I'm fascinated by the by the Chapter House universe, and and I mean I know that you have uh, Jim Zub and Ray Fox coming on to do to do books. Jim is already doing it, um, so. Is, is there a real attempt to get Canadian artists and writers on board to, to work on everything? Absolutely. Uh, not, not exclusively, but yeah, I mean, since this all began with Captain Canuck, when, when we started, when we found a chapter house and started building that series, we didn't know that we were going to do other stuff, but it was obvious to everyone that to do justice to a book called Captain Canuck, uh, you should... Uh, you should look around and, and buy local. Or the, um, the, the guy who started Chapter House, a guy named Fadi Hakim, he, uh, he is a restaurateur by training, and he has a small empire of restaurants and coffee shops and bars in Toronto. And his philosophy is always, buy local when you can. But if you can't, you can uh, look, look broader, but always, always try to get your ingredients locally. And that's the philosophy that uh, he's brought into Chapter House as well. And in Captain Canuck in particular, it had to be all Canadian, like from soup to nuts, like writers, colorists, letters. Now that we've, we've broadened the universe a bit, it's not a rule for any of the other books, but where possible, yeah, we try to, we try to forage locally. Well, and another thing then is how, like, how daunting is it? to start up a new superhero universe. I mean, we I know there's lots of superhero universes that have started up, but they but they kind of fall by the wayside and and I like what you're doing with the where you only have to buy like two books a month, I think it is to to kind of carry on with the universe. Well, thank you. Um yeah, it is it's daunting, but we kind of did it by accident. It sort of happened organically sort of for the first few books where um once Kanak was up and running, um, one day, Fatty uh, walked in, and he, he just looked at us and said, Northgard. And uh, for the record, I just got to point out, I'm saying Fatty. That's F-A-D-I. He's Lebanese. He's not a big fat guy. <laughs> That's not obvious when it's said and not <laughs> That's me. That. That's, I'm, I'm a big fat guy. But I'm, I'm okay with it. You know who's not a big fat guy? I, I don't want to skip over this too quickly. You say Jay Baruchel. 
Do I, do I pronounce it correctly? I'm he not so a, good. Jay Baruchel, yeah. He yeah. Is a, he is a non-fat human. He is certainly not fat, but I mean, he is uh, immensely talented. And getting him uh, working with you guys, I think, is is a really cool thing. Of course, if people aren't familiar with him, and they, they should be, he was in the TV series Undeclared that Judd Apatow did, and, and uh, This is the End, he was in that. He wrote Goon and directed the latest Goon movie. Goon was the best movie of 2012, and uh, you know, like this is a this is a big name guy. Tropic Thunder, another one he was in. Jay is a is a national treasure and a true Renaissance man. He uh, he's got uh, a, a multitude of achievements under his belt. He was also the voice of Hiccup and How to Train Your Dragon, which and is Robo- how uh, Robocop, another one. He was in that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He he works a lot. He's in demand. Uh, he's a fantastic writer. He's also a, a military buff and an enthusiastic and unironic Canadian patriot of, of a kind we don't see very often. Massive Habs fan. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's been a delight. Uh, having him uh, come on board. Uh, we'll be announcing in the coming months, sort of in more detail, the various uh, projects and things he's doing, because we've got a lot of exciting things that he's uh, lined up for, including some new characters that he's, uh, he's making up. But the thing I can talk about is this free comic book day uh, story that we did, which is part one of three. There's going to be a second part later this year in the fall and a third part early next year, which will be collected into its own volume. Uh, working with Jay has been an education and a delight. He's a, an extremely generous collaborator and a, and a very smart writer. How did you and, uh, how did you run into him, or how did it start? I'm sure don't you don't have to tell us the stories, but that you can tell us. Yeah, um, he. It all began. This is all you know. When I was first approached by Fatty and Co. to redesign Canuck, there they had their sights on animation, and that's we did do that. But it was always uh, as a stepping stone to something bigger, and that is straight to DVD, feature length animation, perhaps a theatrical release. Although when we first started this, the, the movie rights were locked up with another company that has since changed. But th- the plan was always to take this bigger and do more uh, TV film type stuff with it. And Jay, reaching out to Jay was a step in that direction. Here's a guy who is successful in the States and is a household name, but is very passionate about uh, Canadian creators achieving their visions and making things like that work in Canada, which is hard as Canadians, you know, that the system here is a bit different from down South and there's a different attitude about who gets money and why, and there's different hoops to jump through. Um, And that's why a lot of Canadian talent goes South, but Jay has always been outspokenly supportive of doing things in Canada and making our own stories for us. Um, He's a huge comic nerd and loves comics. And so all of this just made him seem like he would be a natural ally and, and would be into what we were doing. So we reached out, a uh, friend of a friend of a friend kind of situation. And, you know, we were hoping that maybe he would give us an endorsement or some advice or something. And he, he jumped in with both feet. He was knocked out by the stuff we were doing and, uh, and was super complimentary and responsive to all of it. And, uh, you know, he's become, he's become a tight compadre and, uh, and, 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 and a super important part of the company. So we could not be happier that Jay uh, was into what we were doing and we're into Jay, what Jay's doing. And it's, it's uh, yeah, this is just the beginning, but it's a start of a beautiful friendship. Yeah, I'm guessing he's got a big house, I'm guessing. 
Nice, nice home. That no, it's okay. It's a little far. He's a he's he's lived in Montreal. He's 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 sort of the quintessential uh, Montrealer. He loves that place, and everyone always uh, is surprised to learn that he's been living in Toronto for a couple of years. But yeah, he's a uh, yeah. I live in the very, very western tip of the city, and he lives in the very, very eastern tip of the city. So, yeah, it's a nice house, but could be a little closer. To if we're being perfectly honest, other than that, that's great. Hey, we, we should ask him to move. Like the guy, yeah, can, I think so. Dick, I think it's right? time, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, so he's got to start thinking about you. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, he's so far. All the streetcars like turn and don't go that far. So, <laughs> well, what the hell's that? <laughs> no doubt. Jeez. Some people, right? Yeah. The noise. So tell me about your marketing plan then to kind of get everything rolling out and, and to really like hit as many of the comic stores. Because I know one thing that, that we talked about with Jim and Ray on the Chapter House panel is the idea of that you don't have to be Canadian to enjoy the to enjoy the series and to enjoy the all of the the comics. So how does that work? In your mind, well, uh, that's a good question. I'll tell you. Um, I, I guess I can I can start talking about how we grew from Canuck and we added Northgard. Northgard is a superhero uh, uh, similar to Canuck, but published a few de- about a decade later. Um, and when we got the rights, it was it was tricky at first to conceptualize how to put a character that is so similar to our character in. But you know. You uh, you scratch your head a little and you start to see that there's precedence for this. There's there's uh, you know a million Wolverines and there's Captain uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier and there's Batman and Nightwing Batman and these offer story opportunities of a different kind. So we integrated Northgard into the second arc of Canuck and kind of backdoor piloted him in that book, and and you know clearly defined what made this character different from Captain Canuck. But at that point we did kind of have two patriotic flag-wearing superheroes. And the intention in, in broadening the line into the chapterverse was, was very much to uh, offer some other things. And so um, just in terms of uh, the genre breakdown, it's not strictly superhero, although there is a whole bunch of that. So Agents of Pact, which is the book I'm co-writing, is very, very close to Captain Canuck. A lot of the supporting cast of Captain Canuck is, is front and center in this book. And we have Northgard. But we also have new books like Freelance and Fantoma, which uh, are, are distinct in terms of genre. Fantoma, these are both um, old, unused IPs. Fantoma um, is an American character. She uh, is arguably the first female superhero, though the argument comes as to whether she's actually a superhero because she doesn't really save people. She just hunts down and punishes the guilty. So she's kind of like Punisher 1.0 or Punisher like a million years ago. Um, but she is older than Wonder Woman. She is arguably the first. It's just she's a spirit of vengeance. And we've taken that essential, that essential bit and spun it into a new story with a new, a new imagining of the character that's very modern, that's not set in the jungles of the 1930s, but set in the city of El Paso. And, uh, and then we have Freelance, who is the second Canadian superhero ever created. We would obviously have gone back and rebooted the first, but we can't because he's called Iron Man. So instead, we've, we've taken this, this high, man of high adventure, sort of an Indiana Jones crossed with Flash Gordon kind of archetype, and, uh, and modernized him, and uh, taken, taken the cool stuff about 
being an explorer in the 1930s and applied that to the modern world. Um, and again, so that's a different tone. It's not, that's not costumes, it's more adventure, and then Fantoma has horror. And so the goal is to have different flavors that touch on different things and appeal to different kind of readers. Now, all of these books are set in the same universe, and they all have underpinnings that connect to each other. So the reader who reads them all is rewarded with a richer story. But each individual series rises and falls on its own merits and gives you a complete experience. And the publishing plan is we release two titles a month for four months, and then we swap out the two titles and release a different two for the next four months. So our year is divided into three sort of chunks. I want to say quarters, but they're not because they're three. So I don't know. I, I say trimester and everyone looks at me weird because they think, you know, that word is associated with pregnancy, but three pieces. Well, you are birthing comics. Oh, yes. And it's a, it's a long, lot of labor, <laughs> long, long hours, lots of sweaty. Sometimes you just got to C-section that book out because it's not coming fast enough. But uh, yeah, maybe it hear, is an apt metaphor. And so fatty. the... I hear Fatty is pregnant. Fatty is pregnant. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Again. That's why. Yeah. That guy just can't keep it in his pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so the idea is you get the whole universe for eight bucks a month. Uh, you know, the big, the big joy of shared universes is, is, is that um, you feel like you're part of what's going on. It's like there's a certain kind of reader that just needs to check in every week to feel like they're connected to things as they happen. There's a different kind of reader who buys trades the way people buy books in a bookstore, but it can be daunting when you have companies like Marvel and DC that just hammer you with endless events and, and, and constantly reboot and throw more and more stuff on top. You know, if you're into a character, suddenly there's three about Black Panther books because, you know, the new Black Panther take is selling so well. Um, so the idea is to keep it simple. For us, as a small company, you know, we have limited infrastructure and it's about allocating our resources most effectively. And, uh, and keep it simple for the reader so they don't have to hunt down a million books. It's two titles a month, eight bucks a month, you get the entire universe. And is, you can keep, that keep writing that through three rounds of titles each year. Sorry, that say a, that again. I'm oh, sorry. Is that a long-term plan, or do you, as you expand and as things go through, do you? Because uh, I've seen this before, where companies manage to launch, kind of doing a, a shared universe and very interconnected. But long-term, it seems like nobody's able to really keep that going. Uh, I'm curious, actually. Can you give me an example of, of what you mean? Uh, Valiant, uh, when they originally launched, was a shared universe. Is it every no single longer? and uh, well, I, I mean the original Valiant. I mean, literally every... Like 1990s Valiant? Yeah, 1990s Valiant. Literally every single week, the storyline continued in a new book. The storyline within the, had their own storyline, but also continued the storyline of the overall universe hmm. weekly. Um, and and it, it was amazing, but they were only able to keep it up for, what, Brett, maybe six months? Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, eventually, they, I, I think the biggest problem is is that you, you reach a point where you can grow, so you do grow, and you keep, I mean, especially of that time, a lot of comic book companies were just growing exponentially, but but I think maybe that's the kind of the question is, is that interest, like, when you, when you start to be able to grow, are you, is that going to become the priority of growing, or is it going to be to focus on what you do best? Well, I, I wasn't a reader of Valiant at that time. I'm, I'm, I'm a reader of the current Valiant, the new reboot. I think they've done a great job of, of taking uh, 
those old IPs and breathing new life into them by, by investing in A-list creators. And that feels like a pretty cohesive shared universe to me, although I don't think I'm up to the second in terms of what they're doing. I'm, I'm not, so I'm not familiar with that super, super integrated weekly sort of thing you're talking about. That sounds exhausting. It sounds thrilling as a reader, but it sounds exhausting um, to, to create. Um, th- the stuff I'm talking about, it's not so tightly interwoven. I mean, there are books that are naturally closer together. So Captain Canuck and Agents of Pact, at least in this first arc, are very, very closely tied. And Northgard has always been connected to Canuck. And there's a book I didn't mention called Fallen Sons, which will be our third quarter, quote-unquote, quarter-in-quotes book, um, which is also very connected to the uber arc of Captain Canuck. Um, But then the second arc of Pact and the second arc of Fallen Sons will be very different going forward. Each of these series, the whole point of diversifying the line and bringing in something like a horror, female-led horror book and, uh, and a globe-trotting adventure book that is less about costumes and more about exotic locales and, and stuff like that is, is, is to create, to reach out to different readers. And so, like, maybe this got lost, but each arc in each series very much follows its own path. But they're all set in the same universe. And as, as all the stories progress, the ways they interrelate and the ways, the reason, how Fantoma is connected to freelance will emerge. And so it's more of like a, there are universe-wide happenings that will affect all the books. But for the most part, you don't need the other books. If you're really into horror and you're not interested in superheroes, that's fine. But if you do pick up Captain Canuck, you'll find something that, that enriches both books in the way that they connect. Do you have like a list on your wall, like like you and Fatty, uh, of all the Canadian superheroes, and then you just kind of go through and try to cross off the ones that you can get them? We just throw lawn darts at them? <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just as the, yeah, you're just trying to, to compile. Those conversations, we, we meet weekly, and we off, that often ends up down at the Lakeview, which is the, the, the sort of flagship restaurant Fatty owns, and we sit around those tables blue-skying, Every week, there's a whole new potential book or cha- way the chapter verse could go. We're always people are always like, "Have you heard of this guy? He appeared in two issues from ni- in 1937." You know, all we would have to do is get this artist on it, and it would be amazing, and rethink it. And so, I mean, that's the fun part, right? Like playing with action figures, imagining like, you know, squinting and seeing the diamond in the rough. Like, yeah, maybe this character was a little hokey then, but all you have to do is take, you know, the mask off and. You know, what if what if it was like this, and then it would be amazing, and be connected to Canuck like that, and holy crap, that's a whole new story potential. So, I mean, that's that's the easy part. It's then then shepherding the creation of every page of that book, of pencils, you know, script, plot, pencils, inks, letters, day by day by day. That's 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 the labor, you know, in both senses of the word. To kind of go back to our earlier metaphor, that's that's the tough part, and that's partly why we've chosen to roll out our universe in this in this sort of unusual way, is because there's only so many of us around that table, and we're fallible, finite humans, and so we want to put the best product forward, and so we're building our universe in this different way where we take the resources we have and pump it into making the best books possible, and it's 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 you know a lot of small companies like you mentioned, Valiant, launch and then immediately like overwhelm the reader like with too many offerings like somebody might take a chance on an indie book or two but that person that reader isn't necessarily going to ramp up to 10 in three months you know what i mean 
this is a, a common mistake that uh, that small publishers make. So it's also a way for us to build slowly, both in terms of um, enriching the universe and enlarging the fictional elements, and also letting our company grow organically and not not rushing into too much, while still being able to tell a big story. Yeah, I really appreciate you know from what I've read, and I'm not uh, caught up yet, but I, I appreciate the direction that you're going. I like the the reality aspect of the universe while still allowing the fantastic to come in and thank you, you. Know, and the way that you kind of dance between you know the captain as he was you know before and to now and of course you know the the early stories written by ed brisson i mean fantastic ed's a ed's a friend and so we we were super excited when we found out that ed was going to be working on the book there was no I mean, there was no choice. I mean, Ed is a stellar writer, and Ed is the number one Captain Canuck fan. If you know Ed, you know he's got sketchbooks full of Captain <laughs> yes. Canucks. He's had everyone draw for him, including me, before I knew who he was. Like, when he started working, he's like, check this out. And I was like, that was you! <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he was clearly the guy to take the original Cap and, uh, and, and write a love letter to those books by continuing that story, for sure. If you were to take... Um somebody who read Captain Canuck back in the day and explain to them the current take on it. How would you do it? Well, you know, that, that's something I have to do a lot. Um, but I, I always, I always use the, the very simple metaphor, something every nerd is aware of that it's, it is a reboot in every sense of the word that we've taken the essence of the character, but reimagined all the details and the world and the characters. So I always say we Battlestar Galactic at it. So you have this thing from the 70s that's kind of cool and kind of quaint and kind of obscure, and it's awesome in some ways and a little hokey in other ways. And then some guy comes along and goes, okay, what worked? What's the essence? Who can we make into girls? You know, we Starbucked, <laughs> we Starbucked both Redcoat and Quebec, which is the original Captain Canuck had these two sidekicks that just kind of followed him along. One, they, they, they're basically interchangeable in that book. They're kind of like his Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. One has a red coat, one has a blue coat, and they both have Robocop helmets. <laughs> and they occasionally just show up as the cavalry, and they don't really say much, but one's French and one's Anglo, and that's really it. And, uh, and I say we Starbucked them. We turned them both into female characters and kind of uh, made them very much, much more individual than they ever were in the original series. And that ties nicely into the Battlestar Galactica metaphor, too. So... It's more modern. It's it's a little more intense. It's I wouldn't say darker, but yes, I mean, Richard Comley was doing a comic in the '70s that kind of read more like a comic from the '50s. He was channeling the stuff that he'd read more than the other comics of the time. So you know, I mean, there's a little more stakes. There's a little more danger, but it's not a dark and gritty reboot. You know, Captain Canuck is at his heart an aspirational and inspirational hero. He's He's someone who walks in the light. There are darker characters in the book, like Steel Town Hammer and Michael and Quebec, but all of them are, the book is Captain Canuck, so that's always, that is always the guiding principle of the book, and he is, he is, at his essence, a character who inspires other characters to be better. That's just who he is. Like, you don't, that's one of the essential elements that we kept in this reboot. You don't, it's just disrespectful to go another way with that. So um, it just it's just more modern and contemporary and just channeling. Like, since the last Captain Canuck book came out in 1981, a lot has changed in media, in culture, and in superheroes. And so 
we're just channeling all of that stuff into this story and, uh, and using it to make stories we want to read. Does Richard uh, Cumley, does he have anything at all to do with the, the current direction or the company or uh, anything at all? Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, Chapter House and the company that sits above it, CC Inc., licensed Captain Canuck from Richard. This all began when, uh, when Fatty, who, uh, who owns the Lakeview, wanted to make a children's menu. And he loves Captain Canuck. Fatty grew up reading Captain Canuck comics. He just, he just looked Richard up in the phone book and, and asked him about licensing the character for a kid's menu. Wow. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then he could not believe that nothing was happening with Captain Canuck. You know, it, just in the casual chit-chat of getting, getting down to business, he was like, wait, nothing? No comics? No cartoons? No nothing? Nothing. And then he was like, well, maybe, maybe I should do it. And he did. Um, and so Richard and, and him made a deal. Richard is one of the shareholders of the company. He, he sits comfortably where he is and everything gets shown to him, but he's not directly involved in the creative day to day. You know, we get his approval. There, are, there is a codified set of rules that we do not break. They're the, the Canuck commandments. Um, and, and then, yeah, I mean, he gets to look at everything. Like the, the, the current Captain Canuck costume has boots because Richard said, I think he needs boots. So, you know, he, he occasionally intervenes, but he's been very hands off. You know, he, uh, he sort of feels like he's done his Canuck. And I think he's just delighted that other people were inspired enough by it to pick up the torch and do all the hard work that he's just not really that into doing at this point. He's, I think he's just thrilled that people know Captain Canuck's name and his name and, you know, somebody cares enough to, to keep the torch going. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely involved, but not, not really on the creative. Well, it's fantastic that Captain Canuck can actually have, a, you know, a continued existence that, that is consistent because I know there was, uh, there was so many inconsistencies in, you know, in the book popping up for a couple issues here and then and then being down. So it's, it's nice to have a, you know, a full run. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I feel that way too. There were a lot of attempts to kind of try new things and add legacy characters and bring it back throughout the nineties. And even in the early two thousands and yeah, I mean, those, those were cool. I mean, I guess everyone would think that this is another one of those, except, I mean, I think at the end of the third arc, we'll have matched Richard's original run of 15 issues. Although, depending on how you count it, issue 15 never really came out, so we might even have beaten him by one. Yeah. And, uh, and, then, and then we're going into a fourth arc, so who knows? That's, I guess that makes us the longest-running Captain Canuck series, which would be pretty, pretty good. Um. Yes, I mean, super proud. It's it, in a weird twist of fate when Richard and Co were inducted into the uh, the Joe Schuster Awards Hall of Fame. I was asked to to introduce them just because um, one of the artists, Claude Saint-Aubin, was working on a book that I was doing covers for. So it was like the tenuous connection of well, you sort of know this guy. I had no idea that like three years later I would be reimagining Captain Canuck and doing this. But it's a weird bit of apocrypha that of all the people to read them. To bring them up on stage and read out their accomplishments, it was me. And it was weirdly prescient. So I'm sorry, what was the, did you say the parent company to Chapter House was? Uh, CC Inc. Is, is, is the original company that licensed Canuck and, uh, and produced the animated uh, web series. 
What kind of support then do you get from them, or is it? Um, are you it's kind the of, same people. I mean, it's just on paper. So this, that company exists okay. as the license holder, and Chapter House exists as the publisher of comics. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And then the, so, the web series was that was Smiley Guy Studios, I think. I saw yeah, a there was a partnership with Smiley. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. It's a that web series is it's just so cool. Um, Thanks. <laughs> it's just got. I, I. I. mean, I've seen it a couple times now here when you brought it by in Calgary, and it's just got such a um, uh, an energy to it, to the uh, to the to the animation and the stories. I mean, it's just. Uh, it, it feels both uh, modern and like a throwback to uh, you know the cartoons I'd watch as a youth. I agree. I mean, that's the tightrope we were trying to walk. Um, I, we're, I, we're all super proud of it. I mean, my my contribution was the uh, character designs. The uh, that script precedes my role as a writer. It was written by Dean Henry and Paul Gardner, but I think everyone kicked ass on that. It's a, definitely a feather in all our caps. Absolutely. I mean, people do they still go in? Or are they regularly checking out those uh, those you know that web series? Yeah, it's up there. People watch it all the time. Awesome. They come up to us and say they 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 didn't know Captain Canuck was back, and and then there are people who come up to us and they're like, I have every issue, I love this new reboot, and we're like, Yeah, have you seen the web series? And they're like, What? <laughs> you know, and we're like, Hey, there's a free cartoon you can watch right now. In some ways, I would say to the listeners here who are, aren't familiar with Captain Canuck, that might be the best way for them to go in, just familiarize themselves with the character, have some fun, and then they, you know, then if they have the interest, and hopefully they will, then they go check out Chapter House in the books. If you go to CaptainCanuck.com or ChapterHouse.ca, both of them will get you to the animated series. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty minor investment of time. They're three-minute episodes, and there's five of them, so the whole thing's around 15 minutes. So, you know, it's like when you're looking for something to watch on Netflix, and you're like, ah, I'm so tired. Another, I can't watch a movie. I'm going to pass out. You can go, 15-minute Captain Canuck cartoon. Boom. Get you done. <laughs> they should absolutely do that. So now, as a books that you are, I mean, you're obviously you're available on uh, Comicsology, and I'm sure you're you're shipped into the states, uh, Canadian, you know, characters and Canadian books, and obviously, a comic, yeah, the books comic the whole line is I available think. through Diamond, and any comic store can order it. We definitely have seen it on the shelves in the states and gotten feedback from American stores, even in the UK and around the world. But yeah, I think first and foremost, a character called Captain Canuck with a giant maple leaf on his head is going to appeal appeal to our hometown. Hometown well, followers first. That's kind of my, my question. Is kind of how do you uh, you know take it? Like I say, your your comic blitz. I think is uh, that's a subscription ser- uh, studio or service that for comic books. I believe uh, Chapter House has a lot of books on there and a good way to, for people to check out the product. Though I mean, not the way to get up to date, but a good way to you know to get an overview. And and I, I think how do you kind of what is it? How do you how do you say like for instance our listeners? I can tell you from the statistics, about sixty percent American. And uh, about 30% Canadian and then 10% around the rest of the world, um, sometimes, give or take. So to that 60%, what do you say to them? How do you say, this is why you want to check this out? <clears throat> well, I, there's two answers to that. First and foremost, in regards to Captain Canuck, I mean, a good story is a good story. I'm not American. I read Captain America comics. Captain Britain is actually one of my favorite superheroes. And I think Ca- Captain Britain comics are some of the best superhero comics ever made, in my personal opinion. I'm not English. Uh, when I was when I first read them, I'd never even been to England. Um, so to a certain extent, it's it's not every single not every single character doesn't need to be just like you for the story to uh, to reach out and touch you if it's if it's well written. And I I hope we're aiming for that. Um, 
And then secondarily, I mean, the other thing is that's part of the reason why we're broadening the line. Captain Canuck is super important to us. And to me in particular, that's the book that I'm continuing to write. But that character can only get you so far. And so that's why we're, we're building a bigger universe with different genres and different characters that aren't strictly Canadian patriotic. Um, so maybe Captain Connect's not your cup of tea. Maybe you want a horror book or a sci-fi book. And then maybe, you know, an arc or two into that, you'll get enough of Captain Canuck introduced sort of in, in the margins of that that you'll be like, I do want to read that. I would have never thought, but hey, you know, then that means, that means the plan is working. Okay, how so... About, oh, oh, go ahead. Uh, uh, Brett, did you have something? Go ahead. Uh, no, I can ask it after you. If, okay. Uh, and uh, how about something like, um, you know, as a publisher, are you guys starting to get a lot of, of submissions to people? Is that something you're open for? Is that something that you're just not looking for at this time? Um, is it... Is this That's something... a great question. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's an opportunity for me to talk about the other side of the company. So there's Chapter House, which is the publisher. And then we have the Chapter Verse, which is the shared universe that Captain Canuck and the other characters I've been talking about are in. But we also have a creator online, which is, um, those, are, those are books that have no connection to each other, and they're totally creator-driven. And examples of that are like The Fourth Planet and Pitiful Human Lizard, and uh, Life, Death, and Sorcery, and, uh, and others along those lines. And those are all self-contained, completely self-contained. They're completely like at the discretion of the creator. And those are, we're always looking for more stuff to do in those. That, those doors are wide open. And the, in those cases, we're not, we're not putting the creative team together. You know, we're not matching writers and artists. That's a case of a one-man band or a one-woman band or a team that already has something coming to us and saying, we want to do this or we want to publish this here. And uh, yeah, we get we get submissions all the time. People who want to do stuff, and it's just a question of curating that line, trying to choose things that we don't already have an example of, and things that sort of fit aesthetically. And no, the only criteria is no superheroes because we're doing that in the chapter verse. The exception, of course, to all of this is the pitiful human lizard, which I don't know if you guys are familiar with that book. No, but, I'm afraid, but I have to now that that name <laughs> right. is the so best. Let me That's tell you great. about PHL. PHL was the first creator-owned book we signed. We'd been doing Captain Canuck for a little while, and it's by a Toronto artist named Jason Liu. And it's kind of a street-level sort of hard luck hero called the Pitiful Human Lizard, who uh, has some powers, but he's it's kind of like Adrian Tomine's Spider-Man, if I had to pitch it. Adrian Tomine does Optic Nerve and yep. Summer Blonde and stuff like that. It's got a very, like... A cinema verite kind of fantagraphics aesthetic to it almost um, where he is a superhero but he'll just have a bad date sometimes and that's the issue um, but he'll also fight monsters in Toronto it's set in Toronto and it's it's literally like very set in Toronto where landmarks are specific and you know if, if you live here then it's extra funny if you're not then the city just becomes a character like any other weird place that comics are set um, Jason is a children's librarian by day but uh, he also pencils, inks, writes letters, that book by night. And I, we're up to issue 15 now. It's, it's, it's actually ahead of Canuck now because he's a dynamo and a monster and he just keeps <laughs> going and going. And in that, that is a creator-owned book where that is completely Jason's. But we've also integrated the lizard into the chapter verse. Jason and Chapter House reached an agreement. So it's a creator-owned book, but he is also part of our shared universe. And we've already had some Captain Canuck PHL team-ups. Uh, last year's summer special, the one with Justin Trudeau on the cover, featured the first ever like canon uh, 
Pitiful Human Lizard Canuck team up, co-written by Jason and myself and drawn by Jason. Although they did have a near miss in Jason's own book before that. Um, and, uh, and they brushed shoulders again. The, the, we're relaunching uh, Captain Canuck in a few weeks with a, a new number one. And that'll be the third arc of the epic I'm trying to tell. And, uh, and that, that's set in Toronto, partly where, where the pitiful human lizard lives. And so he feels the effects of, uh, of that arc in his own book, too. That's fantastic. And these submissions, uh, I think just you say you're open to it and you're, you know, you're doing things that, as long as it's not a superhero book. So, I mean, again, for the listeners and people, are, you're not just looking for Canadian content in this, it doesn't sound like. It sounds like oh, no, you're open to just to good books. Not at all, yeah. I mean, when it comes to the chapter verse, we're not looking for books. We're more looking for creators. Mm-hmm. Because that's more of like a we're we're building that line like a Marvel or a, or a Valiant where you know if if we want to we want to put the team together and and oversee the book. So if you're if you're just if you just really want to color comics uh, and you don't care what like and maybe you're just starting out and you, you you're getting some heat but you're not quite getting the love from Marvel like that's that's the level we're looking right now. We're always looking for talented people too. So if you're the kind of person who has your thing that you're doing and you're doing your thing and you're looking for a publisher, maybe the creator online is where it's at. And if, if you just want to draw some comics and cut your teeth and get better, but you don't really have a sense of what you want to do for yourself yet, you just want to get some freelance experience then maybe, maybe we can use you at the chapter verse. And uh, yeah, it's certainly not uh, Canadian only in terms of content or creators. Uh, the only exception to that is Canuck. In Canuck, in particular, we're trying to keep that that book all Canadian, just in honor of of what it is. But outside of that, no, we have people from all over the world working on our stuff. Is there a submissions guideline page or anything like that on your website? Or no, I don't know that we're. I mean, we're not at a point where we're growing fast enough to need something like that. I mean, okay. we're, we're happy to meet people at cons. You know, um, and we're happy to chat with anybody about their work, but we're not really looking to staff up in a major way right now. There's an embarrassment of riches, honestly, in terms of creators. <laughs> creators we know personally, just in Toronto. Toronto is insane. It's just crawling with comic book artists. You can't kick over a rock without three of them scuttling away. Um, but who knows? In the next few years, we might start to grow fast, and then then we might have to put something like that up. I mean, it's just you know, I mean. You know, our email addresses are out there. Just reach out, or if you see us at a con, we're happy to to chat. And that's cool. You know, I was just thinking that here. You talk about the comic artists there, and there's one who left Calgary. He's there. You got to know Carrie Nord, right? Oh yeah, sure. Oh. There's there's Marcus Toe also of Calgary. That's right. Another, that's right. Yeah. Another great. Both guy. both Marcus and uh, well, Carrie no longer, but for a while, I'm part of the Raid Studio in Toronto, so Marcus is is in that studio with me. And uh, Kerry was before he moved on to Montreal, which is where he lives now. But. Oh, he's in Montreal now. Oh, that guy's yeah. just making it right across the country. He'll be in Newfoundland <laughs> before we know it. Yeah, no kidding. Eh? And uh, <laughs> I was just hanging out with him. We were in New Brunswick for a con just this weekend past, and uh, I got a chance to catch up with Nord. I haven't seen him in a while, so that was that was a groovy time. And you and you work with Andy Boulanger, right? And... No, Andy moved to Montreal. Uh, way before Carrie, like I guess it's been probably five years now, but Andy, yeah, also for many years was in the raid studio with me. Yeah. I've got, I've been in that studio for 10 years now. So a, a lot of faces have come and gone. Many of them, many of them have fled the rapidly gentrifying, horrifyingly expensive city of Toronto <laughs> for the, the much more artist friendly uh, city of Montreal. So uh, tell us Andy and Carrie are not the only one. Yeah. Tell us sure. about raid studios. Yeah. Uh, Raid, Raid was started by four artists, uh, 
Cameron Stewart, Chip Zdarsky, Ben Shannon, and Kagan McLeod. Um, those four guys got a space in Little Italy so they could work on comics together. And, uh, and all of them left. None of them are in the studio anymore. But as they left, they were replaced by uh, me and Ramon Perez and uh, Scott Hepburn and a bunch of other people. And that, that group has kind of stayed. And people have come and gone, but sort of that, that, at that point, 10 years ago, the core, the present core of the studio was basically established. And then Marcus and Francis Manipal came a few years after that. And, uh, yeah, the studio keeps growing. I feel like it's, our space is a bag of holding. We keep thinking we can't fit any more people in, and then somehow we do. So we're there's 13 or 14 people in the studio now. Almost all artists, a couple of colorists, a couple of writers. Um, yeah, it's great. I love it. It's... At the, it's been at the center of my professional life for so long now. It's, uh, it's, it's inseparable. I would never go back to working from home if I could help it. Um, working on comics can be such a solitary pursuit, no matter what part of it you're doing. It really comes down to you and your self-discipline and how, 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 you, how you interact with your own inspiration. And it's just hours and hours and hours and hours. And that's why working at home is a dangerous choice because you literally become a troll who never sees the sun. Um, and that's why having a space filled with like-minded people who are smart and challenge you and inspire you is so important. There's a squeaky door again. Sorry. <laughs> you know, the first thing we're going to do when we get off here is we're going to, we're going to ship you a bottle of WD-40. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Um, yeah. So I love, I love the studio and I love everyone in it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a great time and a great place to work. And uh, yeah, uh, this has been fascinating discussion. Brett, have you got anything left that you want to ask? Well, I would just uh, two little two little questions. Um, sure. One, I wanted to ask about the art. Now, is there you're talking about artists? Now, is there? A, are you trying to fit a consistent art look for the books and the universe, or are you kind of allowing people to go, you know, out into their own, um, you know, ideas a little bit more? No, I mean the the actual style of the books is is very diverse, even even more than than we imagined when we were starting. So we have, you know, Leonard Kirk on the main Canuck book. Leonard Leonard is another national treasure. I mean, this guy is a monster. He's been in comics for a long time, but he has a very sharp, uh, jaunty, energetic style. He can draw anything like superheroes, people, you know, just having tea spaceships cars buildings nature monsters like this we're super lucky to have leonard he's a huge canuck fan and i think i think that that keeps him sort of excited for what we're doing um and he's he's you know he's he's juggling he's he's on only wolverine at the same time he's he's a two book a month guy he can he can hack it and kill on both books so he's like straight up Marvel, like, you know, triple A superhero kind of stuff. I've been but, a fan of his since uh, Supergirl back in, in the late 90s, I think it was. It was just yeah, awesome. right? Yeah. 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 Um, and then, but in, on Agents of Pact, we have Federica Manfredi, who's uh, an Italian artist who got her start uh, doing stuff for Tim Seeley on Hackslash. Uh, she is a sl- very slightly manga influenced, but not entirely, um, style. is a little more subtle a lot more into fashion and character uh, acting and stuff like that, but she certainly goes to town on the planes and spaceships too. Um, and then we have, uh, on Phantoma, we have a new artist named Sue Lee, who's sort of like, um, 
shoujo manga if it was inked by Paul Pope. <laughs> so she has she has a very sort of uh, a fairly manga influenced style, but the inking is so rough. It's perfect for a horror book, like rough in that it's it's textured and gritty and. You know, not rough in that it's, like, not quite there. It's just, it's so earthy. She just takes a brush and just goes to town angrily. And uh, it's perfect for a horrifying book about a woman with a skull for a face who punishes the evil. Um, on on uh, Freelance, we have, um, her name is uh, Vanita Viriak. And it's also somewhat manga-influenced, but... Whereas Phantoma is kind of rough and inky, uh, Freelance is very slick and very, it's beautifully colored. Her colors are outstanding. It's very digital and very clean and uh, super slick. And everyone's gorgeous. And uh, yeah, and what, what else do we have? Well, that's, that's, that's four books. That's, that's, you know, that gives you a sense of, of, of the range. Like, it's, it's all over the place. Federica's done a bunch of Marvel stuff, too. So we have, like, two kind of Marvel artists, one with a bit of manga influence, and then we have manga crossed with super indie and the inking, and then we have, like, straight manga but very digital and colorful. Like, in terms of style, like, there, there could not be a broader range of, of approaches. But the consistency is storytelling, you know, storytelling chops, the ability to convey emotion, character, big screen, like, shenanigans, all that stuff. And then, I mean, we have a whole whack of awesome cover artists, too, but I'm not going to throw a million names at you. <laughs> but we actually strive for, yeah, quality and diversity, but we're, we're actually kind of, yeah, it's a pretty broad net in terms of style. There's no house style. Yeah, yeah, that's that's... It's always interesting to see about, like, in these universes, to see whether there's a, a house style being looked for. Uh, so then the the last question that I'll ask is um, now adding Justin Trudeau to a comic book is that is that a hard thing or is that not a hard we were thing? first okay I'm just gonna say we were first we were first Marvel scooped us with that press release and uh, and we had issues with our printer which resulted in the in the book coming out a little later than we wanted but we did it first Marvel was totally riding our coattails but they're Marvel so. <laughs> So everybody, lo- everybody loved. What a great idea! Like, <laughs> great idea. Uh, it was not hard. What we have that the Marvel comic does not have is a letter from Justin Trudeau talking about how proud he is to share a cover with Captain Canuck and what Captain Canuck means to him. So eat it, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> ah, tremendous. That is tremendous. Awesome. <laughs> well, well, we have a uh, uh, Brett. I, I think it's. Um, that's right. I do think it's that time. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that time. Uh, you know, we're going to go O-U-T, as we like to say, or I like to say, I guess. But, uh, but Brett, we, we have a tradition on we, the We Talk Comics podcast for when we have guests on. Brett, would, would you like to, uh, to share the tradition with Kalman? All right. Well, this is a little tradition that uh, we offer everybody, and it's the time for you to plug your shit. Plug my shit? Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I've, I think I've done a fair bit of plugging throughout this podcast already, but, yeah, but I will, I will summarize. <laughs> okay, so if you missed it, we did a free comic book day issue that came out a few weeks ago called Captain Canuck Year One, co-written by Jay Baruchel and I. Uh, it's his comics debut. It was his first, but it's far from his last. It's drawn by Marcus Toe, and we have a killer cover by Dave Finch on it. I didn't mention that before. Um, that is going to be part one of a three-part story, where parts two and three will come out later in the year. And that is a return to um, a, a timeline we've seen a bit of in the main Captain Canuck book, which is just after he got his powers, but before he was a superhero, where he, he returns to service in Afghanistan. 
and is trying to figure out what to do with uh, this new situation, this new weird trauma that happened to him. And it's sort of he, him learning how to be a hero in one of the most unjust places in the world. Um, so we're super proud of that. Um, that's free if you can find it because free comic book day, right? Um, from there, uh, in, 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 maybe it might even be next, next Wednesday, but in the next week or two, um, we're relaunching the main Captain Canuck series of the brand new number one. A uh, new arc called Agent of Pact. We have a new cover artist, John Gallagher, who is a concept artist for The Flash and Supergirl and all those Warner shows. Um, it's his first comics work, and we're super proud to have him. I literally have taken food out of my mouth so this guy can take my cover gig because I think he's that awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and Leonard Kirk returns, and I return as writer. This is part three, thir- the third arc in the four-arc plan that I pitched the second we finished the animated web series and they went, Hey, Calman, we want comics. What do you think? And I was like this. And they were like, Ooh, okay. That's kind of bigger than we expected, but let's do it. So super excited to be allowed to tell that story with this character. And we're, this is part three or four. Um, we're reprinting the first trade, Aleph and uh, the second trade, the gauntlet should be out soon as well. So, you shouldn't need those to read this, but of course, the having it would certainly enhance the experience. Um, and that's coming out soon. Uh, Agents of Pact and Freelance, our first two titles in our new publishing plan, um, are coming out as we speak. Those should be wrapping up shortly, but uh, see if you can find them on the shelves. Agents of Pact is very tied into Captain Canuck. If you think Captain Canuck looks cool, and you don't want to wait for that new series to start. You can pick up some Agents of Pact and get a sense of Captain Canuck's world and his allies. And uh, and freelance is is a, is a is a much different thing. It's a it's it's globe trotting adventure, and uh, yeah, we're super proud of that as well. Um, I think that's really a lot of plugging on top of a show where I was doing a lot of plugging. So <laughs> if I'm forgetting anything, I don't know. I think that's really all the things. But in general, if you're curious, chapterhouse.ca, have a look at the kind of books we do and the broad range of styles and genres we're offering. And, uh, you know, maybe when you see a book in the store, just give it a try. I absolutely recommend them myself. Everything I've read, I've enjoyed. So, Thanks, man. So, and Calman, so. Calman, you recommend them, I believe? I do. I, I, <laughs> I get my stamp of approval. Yes. Yeah, every one of them. They're all pretty great, but that Hungarian writer, he's really the one. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, Kelman Andrasowski, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure, guys. Thanks and, for having uh, me. All the best in the future. I hope that the chapter verse goes extraordinarily well and everybody buys a copy. Thanks, man. And I guarantee we will talk to you again. Fantastic. Looking forward to it. All right. Thanks so much. Take care. All right. You too.